Welcome to our final Chieftain Roll Call of the school year. I'm Bill Tipple, along with longtime teacher coach Rick Reed and Buffalo High School student-athlete Jack Varner. Jack is a sophomore for a couple of more days here as he transitions into his junior year. He's also a member of the Key Club, which is the club that made this show all get started back in January. Rick has been so key in putting together informative and interesting guests the last few months, and our show is presented by Easton Water Solutions on South Main and Bell Fountain. So thanks to all those folks that make it happen. If you're a first-time listener to our podcast, Chieftain Roll Call, we spotlight Belfont High School athletics and student organizations. And typically at the beginning of the show, we kind of just have a roundtable. Friday night is a big night at Belfont High. It's graduation night. Rick, I know that um, you know, you're a longtime teacher, and you're, you're really into Belfont High School, too. I, I, I could just tell that on different times I'm on campus the last few months. So for you, you can speak to this as a teacher. What's, uh, what's graduation night like around here? Well, I... Um I think it'll be a big deal. It's supposed to be 90 degrees, a crazy uh, Friday night. They bumped it back to 8 o'clock this year, which that uh, that was just in, uh, that was good timing because it's going to be hot. Uh, it'll still be hot at 8, but it won't be as bad. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm a big fan of graduation. I didn't used to be when I uh, first started teaching. I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it. And then about six years ago, I was asked to be a part of the graduation. I had a student with a disability that needed an escort. They gave me a cap and gown. They threw me in right in the middle of the graduation, and I enjoyed it and kind of decided then that I would go every year and have gone every year since, and now our whole staff goes. <clears throat> I think that was a great addition. Dr. Nath uh, pushed for that a couple years ago, and I think it's a striking thing to see our entire staff sitting out there. And two years ago, year. two years ago, I think, that, <laughs> I'm sure Rick will remember this. I don't know about Jack. He would have been junior high coming into high school. It was 2020, pandemic was in its full swing. They did it all on video yeah, and, yeah, and pieced it together. Yeah. So, thank goodness. That those, wasn't very fun. Thank, and it was well done. But thank, oh, yeah, no. Th- it was, thank goodness those days are I'm behind. glad we're going to be in the stadium. Yes. Um, now, we also go roundtable here at the beginning, guys. And I know we talked a few weeks ago about NIL, which we knew the vote would be May 16th. And the high school principals around Ohio overwhelmingly voted down the name, image, and likeness to have it be part of high school athletics or high school student-athletes. It failed by about a two-to-one margin. Now, Rick and I had differing views, as we do at times. I thought it made sense. I think it's kind of American. He had a good reply, you know, is it really necessary? Which you, we could argue that. But I, I, I do think that the players or, or any, not just athletes, if a band member's phenomenal and he can make some money off of his name or his skill level, I think that's, that's America. But the principals didn't see it my way. It, was, it, it lost badly. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't think it was ever going to pass. I hope Jack didn't cash any of those NIL checks yet. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to have to send some money back. But. Well, he does work at Vicarios, so maybe. Yeah, no, he earns yeah. that. Um, yeah, I, I was, I was surprised it was getting as much attention as, a, <coughs> excuse me, as it was. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of glad to move on from it. Does and you know, I think what the way I would also say this, guys, is the college pays attention to the pro. And the high school pays attention to the college and the pro, but especially high school pays attention to the college. So to me, it was just kind of uh, a trickle-down effect. And college, I think it's here to stay. Will this maybe make it have a resurgence in high school in a couple years in Ohio, or or do we think this is done? Jack, do you have an opinion? Oh, uh, I'm sure there will be a post for it again. I don't know if it will ever pass through like the principals because, like Coach Reed says, uh, what good does it do to them? But, yeah, I'm sure – People will push for it again, just like they push for the college thing for years and years and years. I know the Bell Fountain High, 
uh, I think their their vote was a yes vote. Um, okay. And I asked this to Dr. Nath, and you know, she just thought it was maybe something good for the kids. I, I think it is, in my opinion, good for the kids. I mean, we can debate this. I would say this though. I never I gave my opinion on this. Rick, I'm, I'm sure has an opinion. Administratively, it's just another thing for the principal or the AD. I guess the principal has to vote. It's another thing for the school to worry about. I mean, if it passes, so you know, I think that I'm going to guess that's why a lot of schools voted no. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would, and a lot of those administrators that are voting probably aren't paying that much attention to it. They're just, you know, they vote on a lot of that kind of stuff. The easy vote was no. Okay. Now, um, one of the athletes that Rick and Jack know well is Tavian St. Clair, and he's been, uh, I guess in the news we would say, he tweets this. Um, some of the football coaches talk about this, and this is kind of a, a rare thing at a, at a school our size where we're seeing a guy that's in ninth grade uh, get such national attention for his base, really baseball and football skills. I know that he went to Indiana on a baseball visit Gosh, several months ago, I'd say January. But he's had a big, big spring with football offers. And, Rick, I know that you're an offensive assistant football coach. Uh, what can you tell us? Well, yeah, he's uh, picked up a handful of offers. It started with Central Michigan there uh, maybe three weeks ago. And then it snowballed quickly with Tennessee and then Pittsburgh. And then Iowa State, I think, was the latest one late last week. So it's – it's incredible. I don't really know what else to say other than uh, I've been here 15 years and never seen anything like this and really not even anything close. We've had a few guys that have dabbled around. Keith Morgan, my first year, got a Division One scholarship, but that was different. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the SEC, number one, and um, it wasn't the kind of early attention that Tavian has seen where it's – you know, it's interesting to think, where's this all going? Like, uh, in a matter of a few weeks, he picks up, you know, to me, Tennessee's a top, what do you say, 15 program, I would say. I know they've not been as good in recent years, um, but historically, I would say they're a top 15 program. And uh, got a head coach in Josh Heupel, who's a former Heisman Trophy winner, a quarterback himself, uh, good young staff. Offensive coordinator, and uh, it's got Columbus ties, uh, and then um, a quarterback coach that's a young guy, Baker Mayfield, or I'm sorry, uh, not Mayfield, Sam Bradford, other Oklahoma guy. His backup quarterback is their quarterback's coach. So you know, obviously, this is a, that's a lot, and uh, where does it go from here? I'll, you know, it, it's um, the sky's the limit, and he's going to do a lot this summer and got camps that he's going to and different things. And, you know, he's got three more years, obviously, playing high school football. So, see where it goes. Jack, what's your opinion? You're a teammate. You're the guy that snaps the ball to Tavian. So, Tavian's a quarterback if you're listening and haven't seen him or followed the Chiefs. That, that's his position. So, Jack, your, your thoughts on this? Well, I take 67% credit for it all because <laughs> – Let's That's all. Here. Every touch I that was he expecting threw, higher. I could have snapped the ball over his head, but I didn't. So, yeah. if Coach Ryan Day is listening to this, you know, I'm open. I'm not actively being recruited, but he wants to slide in. He can. Um, no, but I'm really proud of Tavian. He does a great job. Tavian, he's the kind of guy that, you know, we're early off season, and he's like, well, you want to get snaps in sometime? You want to do this? You want to do this? He's like one of the hardest workers on the team. 
He's definitely earned it. Um, he earned it this year. He was in a quarterback competition, and you know he got the job, and he took off with it. So good for him, and let's go win a bunch of games with him, and people really notice. Well, you both can answer this. What makes him so spe- <coughs> so special? And that's an open question. Question. It could be it could be his uh, skills. It could be things he does behind the scenes. But you know, obviously, for a freshman, he's he's elite right now. If you look around mm-hmm. the state or the nation to have these offers, there's a, there are other freshmen too. But it's it's the it's 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 unusual. So, what makes him so special? Um, obviously, his just him as an athlete, like his arm strength, his ability to roll out. Um, you know, Coach Reed could probably answer that question better than me. But yeah, as, as him as an athlete, and then him as a person, his character, like he's going to these college visits and you know, setting a good example. He's a stand-up person, and yeah, that's thing. That's a lot of what colleges look for. Look for you as an athlete and you as a person. Yeah, I think it starts with him as a person, and that's not just coach speak cliche. He is an A plus kid. I mean, he just is so mature beyond his years. He came into the weight room last year as an eighth grader, and he was a leader, and it was natural, and it's it wasn't forced. It wasn't uh, he wasn't you know some guys they think leadership is is saying the most, and, and Tavian will talk when he's needed, but. Um, he leads by example, and he just leads by a presence. But he's, you know, a lot of that does come from an extreme amount of talent. When you're as talented as he is, he's confident, and he exudes that, but it's not arrogance. Uh, I can't, you know, I get a lot of people that ask me about him just because he's, you know, he's becoming a, a big deal. And so they say, well, you know, how is he? And I always say, I always start with, man, he's just a great kid. He he's, treats everyone with respect. He's a great teammate. He listens. Uh, he's a competitor. And like Jack said, I mean, he's got crazy arm talent. He just um, – the ball – and it's gotten better since the season. Um, you know, obviously we haven't been in season, but he's been throwing at times for people. And the ball cuts different than it did even six months ago. There's just more arm action there, and it's live. Um, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. I'm very happy for him. Um, that, you know, it starts with that. But I'm happy for our program, too. I'm happy for our other kids. It, there is a major benefit to our other kids for him to get that kind of attention. There's no doubt. I mean, go all the way back to 50-some years ago when Gail Clark, um, you know, that attention that Coach Clark, and he'll tell you this, started with guys looking at Jesse Williams. And then immediately they said, well, what about that guy? And then next thing you know, Coach Clark was side-by-side side with him. So there's opportunities there that anytime you get people with eyes on one kid that they're going to see, and, you know, Jack's saying, he's snapping the ball to him. So he's going to be uh, he's going to be seen on film by a lot of coaches. And, you know, and obviously not everyone's going to Tennessee. It doesn't work that way. Um, it very seldom works that way here. But what I hope is that kids that want to go to Ashland, uh, which we're going to Ashland's camp this Sunday, we're taking 10, 15 kids up and a few coaches, and it's just a one-day camp, and um, you know Ashland's not Tennessee, but Ashland's really, really good football. We got a kid Ryan Poole up there right now playing. Ryan's uh, going to intern with us this summer, so we're really excited about that. But that's that's a great level of football, and we've got a handful of guys, maybe even a big handful of guys that could play there. And hopefully, this motivates them to to follow kind of in Tavian's footsteps. What would you said if I was, you know? I think with the last time the Chiefs played a game was November 5th, and that weekend I said, you know, Rick, I think in the spring Tavian's going to have Tennessee in, in town, and he'll get offered. What, what would you have said back then? 
I, I wouldn't have believed it. Um, not because I didn't think that could happen down the road. I guess what I'm surprised is how quickly. But, you know, I don't have any experience with any of this stuff. Uh, I follow recruiting kind of. I, I followed it a lot closer when I was younger, and I had less to do, I guess. But um, I, I just, yeah, it was really quick. And I think probably what we've learned a little bit, and I'm, I am just guessing a little bit, that those quarterbacks maybe get recruited a little earlier than other positions. That's just me guessing. Um, they, they seem to maybe identify them even earlier than they used to maybe because uh, he's not the only freshman. I, I, I've started to follow it a little more with him, just kind of curiosity, reading some of the names. And, and there's other guys out there, you know, that they're looking at. And the kids are maturing earlier. Kids are starting probably earlier. They're throwing the ball a lot more at a younger age, so that they're seeing the things they want at a younger age. And, now, you know, there's obvi- obviously, and we've watched Ohio State. And we, I know you follow some Ohio State's recruiting, and they've, they've gotten younger and younger, um, which Ohio State has. We haven't really talked about it on air because it was kind of Tav- Tavian's personal information, but since it's been tweeted and, and stuff, you know, it's in the public. Ohio State has been on campus twice in the last six weeks. Uh, Kevin Wilson has been here twice, and he stayed both times, I mean, for a while. And – they're legitimately interested now. That that offer obviously is uh, that's a elite elite offer. That's a top three or four program, I guess um, you'd say, especially at quarterback. Um, but he's going to go there on June first, I think, and camp with them. And then we're going there uh, on June sixteenth, uh, I think, as a team, and we're going to compete in a seven on seven. And that's you know, and and let's be honest, that is because of Tavian we would not have been invited. We've never been invited before. Um, so they want us to see – they want to see Tavian up close. So our whole team gets the benefit of going. Jack will get a go, and he'll be our center, and he'll snap to Tavian that day. And uh, a bunch of other guys will get a run around. I don't know where has, – has Coach Brown said, is it in Ohio Stadium? I'm not I – <laughs> I thought it was on, like, their outdoor practice field. That Yeah, That's what that I would thought. be my guess, like the, the practice field outside the Woody. Um, yeah, I hope it's in Ohio Stadium. But, That'd be cool. Uh, maybe the fi- and, and I looked it up a little bit. There was a, there's a there's an all star team out of Florida. Uh, I want to I forget their name now, but they are they have a website and they tweeted that they will be at Ohio State on June 16th. And their website says uh, alumni, you know, like some of the alumni were Ryan Shazier, Teddy Bridgewater, huh. uh, <laughs> Jackson. Huh. Uh, so we are in all likelihood going to see some teams constructed like that. You know, Ohio doesn't really have that the way Florida does. So uh, that's exciting. I mean, and again, thankful that you know Tavian's opening doors um, for all of us. I mean, me included. I'm not. I'm no. I'm nobody. But I'll, I'll get to be there and get to experience that. <laughs> we changed our. Uh, well, Jack and I changed our vacation plans over. We yeah. were going to the Outer mm. Banks to stay in Doctor Nate's condo, and we had it booked, and we. We canceled it because we just didn't want to miss you know, something that big because it could be a long time before we get that kind of invite again. Well, that's great news. Now you're you're not a nobody, Coach Reed. You're you are you're the yeah. offensive line coach, so you know you're a key part of the cog. I, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest jobs in the Boat Fountain staff, to be honest. If you're coach coaching Reed. the offensive line, Coach Reed is a very good sausage, egg, and cheese. McMuffin maker as well. I know he does that at school too. It was, but if those offensive linemen aren't doing their job, Jack can speak to this 
Tavian's life gets a whole lot worse. So they, they, that's, that's really where it all starts in football, I think. It's like, it's like the foundation of the house. But uh, I will ask this. I got my, my, my mind going here, Coach. When the people come here, and I, I didn't see any of these visits, but the Tennessee coaches or Kevin Wilson, you know, what do they – do they talk to Coach Brown first? Do they talk to Tavian? What, 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 what's, the, what's the exchange like? Well, they always talk to Coach Brown. And then I'm not totally familiar with – what they, what role they are in when they're here. Um, so I don't know exactly what what is happening. Some of those times I know that they're they're sometimes hamstrung by some rules, rules, right? So but yeah, they're they're doing what they're supposed Tennessee to. Tennessee was a workout, right? Though or a little um, bit of a workout. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that worked. Um, I, I don't know exactly when they saw him throw. Um, it's it, it, I, one thing I've learned is that, you know, the NCAA is notorious for having lots and lots of rules, and some of them are of, goofy, know, just weird. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know exactly. The more you know about the recruiting game, probably the, the more questions you have. Okay, Jack, I want to ask you about Tavian as a person too. Jack or Coach Reed already raved about him as a person. That's where Coach Reed started. But you're in the huddle with them. You're at school with them. Some I know you're a great older. What's what's he like to, to to be with either in weight training or, or practice and and in the especially in the games that's what would intrigue me he's he's the quarterback of the team so what's he what's he like the way he runs the team oh he's a very laid back guy not like football wise but like he's just a laid back guy he's a really cool guy he's funny um, one of the things I'm real happy with Tavian is a lot of people would have got four Division one offers and offered Tennessee and too cool for us now. He's not too cool for us, you know. He's still he'll come up to you. He'll say hi. He'll not even he'll go up to like not football guys. He'll go up to not baseball guys and you know people maybe that not are so popular at the school and he'll go and talk to them. He's just a standout guy as far as football goes. He's a leader by example, like Coach Reed said. He's always if we're having a tough finisher like we got grass drills. He's first one down, first one up. Like let's go guys, keep it going. And then in the huddle, he's real calm. He's like. If we have a bad drive, if he throws an interception, he'll be like, my bad, and he'll move on. Like, for example, the KR game, he threw four interceptions, and that last drive, he was, I mean, he put it behind him. He was still, like, in the huddle. He's like, all right, guys, let's go score. Let's go score. And the last play of the game, he pulled it and scored. So he's just like, stuff like that, you know, you can trust him as your quarterback. There was times this year that, you know, this past year, and I was in a different role then. I was the offense coordinator calling the plays, and – the Kenton Ridge game, now that Jack brings it up, that was a time where we put way too much on Tavian's plate. He threw the ball 40, 40, 40 times, yeah, maybe, give or take. Um, it was certainly close to it. And, you know, but that was kind of by just the way the the game played out. And he responded so well to a lot of, of pressure. And, you know, we get into the playoffs and, and go on the road against Tri-Valley in a situation that most people don't expect us to win. And, we're not, I mean, you know, maybe even we weren't sure that we could win. And he didn't have to put as much on his plate that night because Chris Fogan um, was alive and well that night. And uh, so we were able to be more balanced. And, and definitely, if you look back to our season, when we were balanced and we weren't asking Tavian to carry the entire offense, we were all much better for it. And, and the nice thing about coming back next year, there's no doubt that that balance should be a feature of our offense. Our offensive line was was solid last year and got better as the season went on. 
and I think it can be really good this year because we return everything but Josh Steiner, and we add depth, and we've got some guys making big jumps physically and um, even just maturity, and we're going to have weapons. It's exciting time. I don't know that in my time here I've ever felt this excited about the product we're going to put on the field. I, I think we have a really good group of kids across the board at all positions. Uh, we have talent everywhere. We have a great coaching staff. You know, we weren't able to talk about it last time on the show because it wasn't official. And maybe it's still – no, it is official now. Uh, we just hired Aaron Peitzmeyer um, coming back to his alma mater. Uh, Coach Greg Peitzmeyer's son has been the defensive coordinator at Marysville. As Coach Gabe Powers, talk about Ohio State offers, his linebacker Gabe Powers has a full-ride scholarship to play at Ohio State. Maybe was going to play as a true freshman. I think he's, he's at least going to be in the two deep as a true freshman. Yeah. Um, I've been around here for a long time and been a part of off seasons where we're not even sure how we're going to fill every contract. It's kind of the way high school athletics work sometimes. Sometimes you just hit a rut where you lose guys and you can't fill them. And we're having conversations of how to divide up our contracts. We have way more quality coaches than we have contracts. And for us to add the defensive coordinator from the Division One state semifinalist, and he's not even going to be our defensive coordinator. Coach Fiance is going to stay as our defensive coordinator. But, I mean, how much better is Aaron Peitzmeier going to make us? And then we also hired a guy named Antoine Dixon. Antoine Dixon came up last summer, played for Coach Brown down in Southport Myers, came up last summer and helped us with our youth camp. And he was a Division One scholarship player at Kent State, and then he transferred to Valdosta State. And he is a legitimate high-end guy. I mean, again, high character, just like Coach Weitzmeier. These are great people and even, you know, just as good coaches and athletes. We are uh, we're extremely blessed. I mean, Coach Kennedy's going to um, move forward as our offensive coordinator. Our, our, offensive coordinator our, our offensive coordinator and quarterback coach is a all-time leading passer at Wittenberg and a, a former pro quarterback overseas. There's a lot of times when Tavian St. Clair would have come through this high school and we wouldn't have been very prepared to coach him. And that's just the reality because coaching a high-end quarterback, a Division One caliber quarterback, takes work. I mean, it's you can't just uh, roll it out and, you know, look up stuff on YouTube videos. You better you better have your stuff and your ducks in a row. And Coach Kennedy, it's, it's a great opportunity. And Coach Kennedy just got hired uh, full-time. He's going to take over the DECA program for Ms. Rickner. It just good good news has abounded for a while now, and I couldn't be more happy with where we're at. Well, I knew you were going to be happy about those three hires. As as people, teachers, and and football coaches, I, I will I will ask you about the football part here. Then we got a couple of Ohio State things. Then we'll get to Drew Jackson here in a moment. Drew is a Belfound grad. He's an OU grad, and he's very high up at the Hilliker. Why? We'll talk to him here in a few <laughs> moments on Chieftain Roll Call. But you know these uh, these guys some, somewhat as football coaches. You worked with them at least, Jake, quite a bit, Aaron just a little bit, and then Antoine, you know, from last summer. What do they bring to the table? This could be their, their uh, technical expertise or just how they're going to make the Chiefs better as well. Well, it's a combination of character and expertise, and I consider all of them extremely high character and all of them with high expertise. And it's, you know, and the character part – Generally, we have that. Um, we generally find good people to help with our football program. But those people don't always, you know, have it in, 
an immense knowledge of the sport. And, you know, just because we pay $4,000 for a stipend. So you don't, you know, yeah, if we could pay $4 million, we'd, we'd get lots of applicants. And there is a little bit of luck involved. And it's not all luck because I don't want to downplay that. I think that it starts with Coach Brown. You know, Coach Brown is the kind of coach that guys want to coach with because they like him, they trust him, they believe in him. And then you get a few good guys, and then that, he grows. Yeah, it snowballs. And people say, man, I, that's a place I want to be. And, and, and vice versa. And we've seen it happen the other way where people are quick to try to get away. And it's it, nothing lasts forever. And, and I don't know, you know, you, you never know what the future holds. Um, people's lives change, and, and you think you've got it all figured out. And then one guy gets an opportunity somewhere else or gets married or has kids. And But what I know is right now for this moment in time, for the 2022 season, we are going to be as prepared as as we've ever been. We're going to probably be as talented as we've ever been. And we've got a great schedule. Open up with Sydney at their place. And then coming home to that cold water game, I think, is so exciting. They're Divi- Division 6, 5, runner-up. Um, so they're supposed to be really good again, which they're always really yeah. good. Goes without saying. <laughs> the the Licking Heights game that we added because Urbana wanted us off the schedule is that that's a good football program. They may have been five and five last year, but if you watch them on tape, they are five and five. But against good teams, they're going to be a handful. And then obviously get into our league, and, and our league is certainly no slouch at this point. Yeah, you're ready to go right now. Oh yeah, I'm getting. I'm a little geeked <laughs> up about this. I'm, you know, it's. Um, you know, the thing is, and we've said this stuff before, you put so much of your life and time and energy and, and your heart into it, and there's there's good and there's bad and, and there's everything in between, and we've not won anything. I mean, let's let's make that clear. We haven't won a thing. Uh, we were 7-5 and five last year. Yeah, we had a couple wins that were memorable, but we want to be a lot better than that. If we're, if we're sitting here this time next year talking about 7-5 and five and winning a playoff game, that's not enough. So there's no hay in the barn by any stretch. We got a lot of work to do starting Monday, um, but we've been putting in work. I mean, we got a lineman workout tomorrow um, to get ready for Ashland. Again, I said Ryan Poole's with us, and we're so thankful. Another, that's more good news. You know, Ryan Poole, one of the greatest kids to ever play here, as far as as a human and a good football player, a really good football player in the two deep at Ashland. He called me six weeks ago, and he said, "Hey, can I intern with you?" Yeah, sure. I've, I've always wanted an intern. Uh, and uh, he is he's going to make us so much better while he's with us this summer. He, he'll make me better. I'll learn from him. So we got a lot of work to put in. And the good news is we have a lot of kids that are willing to do it. Um, the good news with success is it's easier to motivate people. It's easier to get them to buy in. It's easier to get them to show up. And, you know, we'll uh, got about three months to get ready. Well, I agree with a lot of the things you said there, Coach. Uh, I think Belfound has a chance to be really good, but they play hard teams. There's a lot of games that are not gimmies, so you gotta you got to put in the work and keep getting better. You always talk big picture. I know I ask you these questions probably enough to drive you bananas, but I would – do you – the guy that comes to mind is Matt King. You told me years ago, future star, future head coach somewhere, and I think he's the head coach of Valley View now. He is. Are Aaron Peitzmeyer and Jake Kennedy potential future head coach? I mean, is that where this could go for them, you think? Well, the first question is, do they want to be? Um, I have no idea if Coach okay. Beitzmeyer wants to be. I, right. I, I haven't personally ever talked to him about that. 
Um, the short answer is yes. I mean, I, I would guess just – I mean, this is just from – Just speculation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the guy was a defense coordinator, Division One state semifinalist. Excuse me. Um, so, he's – yeah, he's got the pedigree. And and I think J.K. does want to be a head coach. I mean, I think that's in his future, and that's part of this whole thing is to, to, to get Coach Kennedy coaching our offense, running our offenses. That's – he's the future of Chief in football, and we want him to stay here and – We've done some things um, as a group to promote him. Um, that was purposeful. None of this stuff happened by accident. We want him here. And um, when you have talented guys that have the options, <laughs> the option to leave, and other people will offer them things, you, you know, you try to make them happy. You try to make them stay. Because that's what our community is. This goes beyond football. We, we have a, a little bit of a crisis here, and this is everywhere. It's not just about Fountain. I mean, this economy in general, if you talk to anyone that does anything, any kind of hiring, they all have the same problem. You can't find enough people. And people are leaving jobs just in a way that we've never seen in our lifetimes. I call it the great resignation. Yeah, yeah and it's happening it. at Bell Fountain City Schools. Mm-hmm. That's no secret. All you do is read the board minutes. So luckily for us, the state of, uh, of Ohio has eased up the ability to become a teacher. Now, that's a little controversial because you make it too easy, then you say, well, what are we even? And I get that. But at the same time, there's good people that maybe didn't go to school to be a teacher, but they have some of those talents, and you want to get them in the district. Now there's some things, you know, I, again, I'm a teacher, so I don't want it to turn it into just, you know, walk out, get a diploma, and you become a teacher uh, at 19 years old because that's dangerous for my profession. But at the same time, we want to open up. Coach Kennedy does not have a teaching degree. Coach Dixon doesn't have a teaching degree. But they have degrees, and then there's Ohio now has pathways that these guys can get licensed in other ways. And we need chieftains. And, um, you know, that's just always a challenge, hiring people that will stay and hiring people that will buy in. And, and I know when I ran into Jake about a week ago, before the board meeting, he, he found out, they told him, he was ecstatic that he, that he got the job here. Oh, yeah, no doubt. He's, he's ready to roll. And, you know, he's been with us, so it's not – you know, it, it's it's not as drastic as he's he's already well on his way to a career. But now he, you know, he gets the contract, he gets the money. Um, he's going to get paid better than he did this past year, where he was kind of a, a sub, like a full time sub. Um, but it's anytime we can get people nailed down and with us and rowing the boat. And, and you know, Drew, um, who you're getting ready to talk to, is an example. He's not working at the school, but he's working at the Y, and he's going to have an impact. Different, you know, not in the building, but. Any kid that grows up in Bell Fountain is going to have some connection at some point with the YMCA. And, and that's part of the battle, too, is not just in the high school and not just in the city schools, but in the Parks and Rec and in the Y and all the other affiliated, um, getting people that care about the Chiefs and that every day say, what can I do to make this place a better place? Have your kids here. Send your kids here. Live here. Worship here. Play here. All that stuff. It's I'm, I'm a big believer in all of it. Yeah, you're passionate about it. Last thing, guys, and we'll take our, our, our break here and get Drew in, Drew Jackson, on Chieftain Roll Calls just a couple <coughs> minutes away. If we're going to go out to eat tonight, Ryan Day or Chris Holtman would be in our crew. They're buying. They had a big day today, uh, an extension for Coach Day for, I think it was two more years. It puts him through the 28th season. He gets a big pay bump from $7.6 million to $9.5 million. Now he's among the highest uh, paid head football coaches in America. Chris Holtman got a three-year extension. Uh, his pay is now up to $3.5 million a year. Just You can both weigh in. Your thoughts on the extension, I mean, this it, it, probably wasn't the works for a while, I'm guessing, in the, in the background in Columbus with 
Gene Smith and the Ohio State leadership, but just your your reaction on the extension and, and why maybe it's it helps your program. I know Rick likes to talk program, so maybe I'm not there. I'm sure this is a big picture thought by Ohio State today with this as well. I'm not sure what happened. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Holtman needed an extension that early. I I just can't even get out of the second round of the tournament before we start. I don't know who we worried about them. Stealing All right, them Jack, from us. I'll throw out numbers. I knew I knew one of you were going to jump on this. Holtman or Ohio State or Holtman both same thing is one of just three Division One basketball programs. Should get Drew's opinion on this here in a few minutes. He was with OU basketball for years. He's one of just three coaches the last five years to average to, to have at least 20 wins. So you could say, I'll say it both ways. He's the model of, uh, of consistency in the regular season, but he's also been the model of not much success all, at all in the postseason. Does that make – is that fair? Yeah, but what, what matters, postseason or regular season? I think they both matter, but the postseason matters quite a bit more, no, no doubt. I just don't understand the extension. Like, were we worried that St. Petersburg was going to – Snatch him up from us because there's, I mean, Virginia wasn't going to offer him. Like, I just, I was. That did St. Peter's, not St. Petersburg. I did like they the fill Berg. that job? Oh, I'm that sure they did the by Hall. now. I know, I'm sure they did by now. Is there yeah. any rumors that they came after Holt? Uh, there I might know. be. I mean, no, I, that's the only no. place I can think of. That would. <laughs> I, I knew Jack was going to react this way. I, I've already texted with his dad, um, <laughs> and they are kind of carbon copies of each other. Um, I would say Jack's his mini me, but he, I think he taller than him now. Um, I I somewhat side with Jack on this. I, I like Chris Holtman, number one. Let's start with that. I just like him. I, I It matters to me that my alma mater hires someone that in theory I think is a good person. I don't know him, um, but he seems like a classy dude. Yeah. I like how he does business. I I don't think they've been overly successful by any stretch. They've been okay. I would, I would give his tenure, if it was a grade, it would be a C. And Yes, they've done decent in the regular season, but they haven't been over the top there either. No. They've, they've finished, you know, usually in the middle of the pack in the Big Ten. They have lost games every year that make you scratch your head. They have had major roster issues. Now, in fairness, that's like everywhere. There's, I think we said there was 1,000 guys in the transfer portal at one point. So college basketball, that's the game, the name of the game. He's had injuries that have hurt him. He's recruited well on paper. Um, he's got the – fifth, sixth-ranked class coming in. I don't understand the extension. That's where Jack's kind of going with it is what was the hurry? Like, was – and Jack's kind of joking, but in seriousness, who was coming to get you know Chris Holtman? Was he getting ready to leave? So you're basically – sometimes when you give a guy an extension, with Ryan Day, you give him an extension because you don't ever want him to get side-eyeing other people, whether it's the NFL or, you know, you got you to gotta treat that dude right. Because everybody but about, what, two or three programs in the country would take Ryan Day over the guy they currently employ. I don't think that applies with Chris Holt. No, you're, you're correct. Um, I'll say it like this, though, from a business standpoint. I just thought of this. Their, their, their pay is so different. And we talked about this before the podcast. It's apple to orange just comparing Ohio State football to basketball. I get that. But you're getting him, you're getting him on the cheap. You're only giving him a $500,000 raise, which sounds weird to us. Only $500,000 raise. But you're getting him on the cheap, especially if they take off the next couple of years. Now he might come back and say, I want more money. And I also would say this maybe in his defense, if I have to play the other side of the coin just to make, make our talk interesting here. Sometimes it comes down to just a couple of little things, and that's, that's life. 
I don't. I can't really fold them this year. They were a little clunky. I, I don't think they got better. They did have injuries. I, I always want to see the team get better when I when I look at any team. But if we go back to about just over a year ago, guys, and 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 again, I'm making kind of excuses. But if they have Kyle Young, which if they have Kyle Young, they certainly beat Oral Roberts. I don't remember who they would play next, and they win that game and get Florida. to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I think uh, Oral Roberts played Florida, and they beat Florida. Yeah. Okay, but Ohio State was a two seed just yes. over a year ago. If they get to the Sweet 16, which they probably should have, I mean, if, you're, if, we're, if we're being honest, then, then I think it changes the whole thing. Would you agree that if, if he – I don't know that he has to get to the Sweet 16 every year. Jack might be the, the, the naysayer on this. But if he just does it occasionally and finishes in the top three or four in the Big Ten, I think he has the job for as long as he wanted. Would you agree with that perspective or you don't agree with that perspective? I mean – but he hasn't, so I would love to see it. You know, like, it was like, I'd be like saying, if the New England Patriots won the Super Bowl every yeah, year, Tom Brady wouldn't have left. But. I, I, I know, but the other thing I'll give him in his defense, too, is this goes back a few years. When he took over, it was not a good place. And he got them better a lot, right away. Now he had Kata Bates-Diop, who was, I think, the Big Ten player of the year. He had some good pieces to work with but the year before. They were a mess. I would say two things jump out about him. He's not been good in the postseason at all. You're, you're, both, you're both right. And I'm not sure his program's really taken off. I, maybe his best year was his first year. I, I think the one point you made, and, and this is the point I made earlier to friends, is that it tells me that Gene believes in him. Which you know, That's true. Gene has he, earned the, the right to, yeah. you know, he's been there a long time and made a lot of good decisions. So Gene Smith believes in him. He... Maybe is making a bet that says he is going to get it turned around. That this is the year that you know they do have that talent and incoming class. They got a few transfers. They some people like, some people don't. Um, and he maybe did get him on the cheap if that happens. And do, is there a little bit of a gentleman's agreement that if they take off the next couple of years and have the kind of seasons they hope to, that Holtman will just let leave well enough alone and he'll make three and a half million dollars when maybe it'd be worth five. Maybe that's the case. Um, maybe there's some. Maybe there's some details in that contract with a buyout that are different that we don't know about that eventually will get reported on. It is a little – it's a little surprising, uh, maybe even more than a little. You know, the Ryan Day thing makes total sense, the Chris Holtman not so much. I am not as negative about Holtman as Jack is, and I'm not as negative about even next year as other people are. I think I, – I hope that it works out. I hope that they have a really good season and we say, ah, Gene Smith was smart. Well, we shall see. Going back to, to, to Ryan Day, and we'll, then we'll get to our break. Um, is, is he paid about the amount, right amount? And does it make sense that they lock him up for so long? Yeah, I mean, it's the going rate, right? I, I, I don't think that's number one. I don't think that makes him the highest. I think Saban makes more. Dabo makes more. Jimbo makes more, maybe. Harbaugh's right there, too. Didn't Harbaugh get, like, a crazy Well, he contract? worked out a restructure contract just over a year ago. Oh, that's right. Or, or – uh, Actually, he took a pay cut for, like, COVID. And then right, right, right. And then he worked out a restructured deal this year after he sniffed around with the uh, Minnesota Vikings. So th- I think that the top two in the Big Ten are Mel Tucker and Ryan Day, the same, $9.5 million. Mel Tucker makes $9.5 million? Just a few months ago, he oh, got a 10-year deal for $95 million. That's to- right. Yeah, what in the world? Um, and I like Mel Tucker. And I think Mel Tucker does a good job. I think he's a good defensive coach. Um, he was Chicago Bears for a while, Ohio State a long time ago. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's – you got to – yeah, you can't have no – I'm surprised they didn't get a few more. Tucker <laughs> the only two – I think the only two that are more – I read this earlier today, Coach. Uh, for uh, the top, I believe, is actually um, 
Lincoln Riley. Oh, and Nick Saban is $10 million for Lincoln Riley, 9.9 for Nick Saban. Yeah, and some of that's just timing. I mean, Lincoln Riley's, you know, Nick Saban is 10 times better than Lincoln Riley, just credentials. But, yeah, some of it is timing, and those young guys tend to get overpaid a little more, too. Last thing, five years from now, is Holtman still the Ohio State men's coach? Is Day still coaching the football team? What do you, what do you say? <laughs> Ryan Day is still coaching the football team. All right. I don't. If I had to bet, no and no. Oh, wow. Just because, and not not for any other reason just than it's a crazy world out there with these coaches, and and Ryan Day's not from Ohio, and I know he says all the right things, and he he is, I love the dude. He's doing a great job, but I just, man, the NFL comes calling enough times. Seems like a lot of these guys end up doing it. Not to another university, though. Not, not another no, college. You don't leave Ohio State for another university. Guys, have a good summer. Appreciate Chieftain it, Roll Tess. Call returns in September, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe even a little before. We're going to talk. I mean, football starts in August. So we don't want to let that Sydney game go without talking about where we stand. That is true. Coach Brown is committed to being on every week. Um, he wants to, you know, he believes in what we're doing. He wants to have a regular segment. Um, we'll, we'll plan on bringing our players on, and uh, then we'll also have on other fall sports programs as well. All right. Thanks to teacher and coach Rick Reed, Jack Varner, who in a couple days will be about found high school junior. He's also the chief starting setter. Maybe most importantly to our show, he's a key club member. They make the Chieftain roll call happen and Eastern Water Solutions as well. We'll take a break, come back uh, and talk to Drew Jackson about Fountain alum who is doing big things at the Hilliker Y after he just graduated from Ohio University. More after this. City water or well water, it doesn't matter which you have. They are both hard water. Don't know the difference? Call me today. Julie, 592-8379. I'd love to show you how you can save money when we fix your water. Easton Water Solutions, locally owned and operated, serving our community. Hi, this is Wes at Easton Water. I know there's many changes going on in the water treatment industry, certainly here at home, but just keep in mind, nothing is changing here at Easton Water. We are your only local choice for everything water. This is Wes Easton. I've lived and worked in Logan County for over 40 years. I've been in the water treatment industry for over 20. I'm a member of many organizations and proudly support our community. Our team at Easton Water is the only local choice for everything water. I love helping my friends, family, and community live better lives right here at home. Hello, this is Luke Varner from Easton Water Solutions. How is your water? Does your water need improved? Put my 23 years of experience to work for you. Give me a call today, Luke Varner, Easton Water Solutions, 592-8379. Hello, this is Luke Varner from Easton Water Solutions. I have proudly served this area for 23 years in the water treatment business. Give me a call today at 592-8379 and put my experience to work for you, Easton Water Solutions. Welcome back to Chieftain Roll Call. It's presented by Easton Water Solutions on South Main. It's put together by the Belfountain High School Key Club. And our show is all about spotlighting Belfountain High School athletics and student organizations. It's our last one of the 21-22 school year. We'll come back in August. Thanks to Rick Reed and Jack Varner for being on a little bit earlier. Our show is recorded in the WBCS studio at Belfountain High School. And we're joined by a Belfountain alum who has 
decided to make Bell Fountain his home after her graduation from college, Drew Jackson. Drew's mom is well-known around these parts. She is Molly Jackson, the coordinator of the Success Center at Bell Fountain High. And Drew, time flies. I remember when you were in uh, junior high and high school. It wasn't that long ago, but it's, yeah. it seems like yesterday. You graduated from Bell Fountain High in what year? 2018. And just graduated from OU, Ohio University, uh, not even a month ago, correct? Yep. Okay. Well, first, just your memories on Bell Fountain High. Um, it's a great place. I remember coming here freshman year, a uh, little nervous, getting to see a lot of the older guy or older my, some of my older classmates and uh, just being a little anxious, but sports really got me into it. Um, coming into my freshman year, soccer, got to know some of the uh, upperclassmen and they kind of took me under their wing and we became best friends after that. So it's, 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 a, good, it's a great place. What did you do at Bell Fountain High other than, other than being a student? Like what clubs, organizations were you a part of? Um, so I was in Interact, um, Youth Leadership, I played soccer and basketball. Okay. Then from here, you went to Ohio University. What was your major? Uh, At first, I was uh, business, sports management, and then I started working at the Parks Department, the Bell Fountain Parks Department, and so I switched my major to recreational management. Oh, okay. How long did it take before you made that switch at OU? Um, I switched at the beginning of my junior year. And still got done in four years. Yep. So they must be somewhat similar yeah, programs. Somewhat similar. Um, I know probably th- three or probably five or six years ago, the recreational management major was kind of under the College of Business, and then they separated and made their own um, college. So a lot of my prerequisite classes kind of fell under um, rec management. And you just got hired not too long ago at the Hilliker Y. Yep. What's your title there? Uh, youth experience director. Um, I call it a program director. It's it's a little bit of both. I'll be doing more programs than um, the experience part. Um, but as of, as of right now, um, we're working on summer camps. We have theme camps and sports camps starting in June, and uh, I'm really excited about them. Do you work mainly with kids then? Yep. Okay. So you know, high school senior and on down. Would you say? Um, we try and work more with kids that are like right now. So we have uh, t-ball going on, and they're ages three to five. And we usually we don't want to compete with the parks department, so we kind of try and target the younger age. So it's like these um, sports camps are going to be first grade to third grade, and I guess it's just we try and target the younger age so we're not competing against them. Okay. Some of and these younger kids don't have a lot of programs to do, so the Y is a great place for them. And uh, who, who runs the Y? Who's the, the, the head person? Uh, Jeff Rady. And what we would call him, executive director? Yep, executive director. Are you the next person uh, in command, so to speak? I wouldn't say that. As of right now, no. Um, I'm still in this is my second week, so we have uh, Katie, who is the aquatics facility director and she was there and or she started in january and then christy who is uh the membership director and she's been there for i believe four years so i would say she's probably number two she she knows the why like the back of her hand well you've only done it a few days Uh but what uh what what about the job is appealing to you what do you what do you like 
Um, I really like Jeff. Um, so I worked with him at the Parks Department last summer, and we really connected. Um, he's a great guy to go to, just bounce ideas off of him, and he's really supportive. So uh, this last week and this week, it's, it's gone pretty well. I enjoy it so far. Have they ever had one of you before at the Hilliker Y? Um, they have. Uh, I want to say this position has been open for about a year now. Um, so they've, they've kind of been waiting. Um, COVID kind of took a hit on them. So they're starting to get more employees now and kind of rebuild the why. You know, I look at the, a lot of the uh, successful kids at Bell Fountain High, um, and this happens in a lot of communities in rural America. They move on. And then you know, they graduate, and we don't we don't see them again, which is probably not a not a good thing for our town. You've done just the opposite. You graduate from high school, then Ohio University, and you decide to come back home, which I think is is good. I would I would hope we could do more of this. Yep. What made you want to return home? Bell Fountain's a special place. Um, I think it's a great town to raise a family. Um, it's not a not too big, not too small. I know a lot of people. There's a lot of great people here. So I didn't really have any other, op- not, I don't want to say options, other really decision other than to come back here. I, your mom a Bell Fountain grad? Yep. How about your dad? He went to Ben Logan. Okay. So both local. Local, yep. Local people. And um, what do you want to do in your Y position? If we're having a talk on Chieftain Roll Call a year from now, what would be a couple of the things where you, that you would have accomplished that you say, yeah, this is, this is going well? Um, I guess just try and get the why uh, more membership um, program, build more programs. I know right now we have about, I want to say, 15 to 20 programs, um, and that's with the youth and with adult programs. So I would just say keep building programs, um, get more membership, and just get the wise name out there. I know um, people may think that uh, the Y went downhill for a little bit, and it's coming back up. Uh, Jeff Rady has done a great job of doing that, and um, I just want to be along with the, go along with the ride and see where it takes me, I guess. Now, we'll be following your career, which I know just yeah. – just started, so this is a young. You're young. This is an exciting time for you, and we hope to keep you in Belfont for a while. But I've known about your job at Ohio University from your mom, very proud parent. Yeah. You were the manager, student manager, for the Ohio University men's basketball mm-hmm. team, and I, I uh, actually had a friend that I grew up with in Northeast Ohio way back in the '80s that was an athletic trainer for the Ohio University men's basketball team. That was one of the, my first times to see a college basketball game was in Athens. And it was uh, what struck me about it, which this was a long time ago, 30-some years ago. It's a big – the first thing I would say, it's a big deal, men's basketball at OU. Um, you know, one of their main sports, football, has been pretty good for a long time now too. But just the atmosphere and the way that the school is about basketball, just to watch a game, I, I, you could just tell it was a big deal. And they were really good at that time in the 80s. Um, now Jeff Bowles is the head coach. He used to be an assistant at, o, at Ohio State. But – you know, how would you talk about Ohio University men's basketball? This is kind of a, an open-ended question. You might have a different view, viewpoint than me because you were a student manager, but, you know, if you were talking to your friend 
or a family member and they've never been to an Ohio University basketball game before, how would you dis- how would you paint that picture? Um, well, first of all, I just want to say I love Ohio University basketball. I'll probably be a fan for the rest of my life. Um, it's one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. Um, just being a part of the program, um, it meant so much to me, and I wouldn't change anything. Um, going back four years ago, uh, made one of the greatest decisions in my life to do that. Um, it was so much fun. Um, no, but you walk into the Convocation Center, and it is a big place, and there's been some times where it is jam-packed. Uh, you got the student section, the Ozone, right next to uh, the court, center court, and it gets pretty rowdy. Um, some of our roles, so we have two guys that will sit under each basket, and they will, when somebody falls, they'll run out and wipe sweat. And that only happens probably eight or ten times a game. And so you're sitting right under the basket, and watching these Division One college athletes play is something else. I've Is that where you were every home game? Uh, so my freshman and sophomore year, yes. Um, and then my senior year, I was on the bench um, bringing out stools for uh, media timeouts, getting them water, giving them towels. Um, and I love doing that too. Sitting on the bench was really cool. But just being, you're, you're sitting on the court watching them play, and it is a different experience than high school basketball. Your whole time at Ohio University was Jeff Bowles the head coach? No, so my freshman year, Saul Phillips was the coach, and then Jeff came in my sophomore year. And where did the previous coach go to? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of it. Okay. Well, so your, most of your time was with Jeff. Mm-hmm. Are you? Would you say you two are pretty close? Um, yeah. Uh, okay. I could really go to him for anything. Um, I'd say I'm – Really close with uh, the grad assistant there, Mike Sifiku. Um, he was the head manager when I first joined. And then my sophomore or junior year, he became the grad assistant and just stepped into a little bigger role. Um, kind of, It's almost like an assistant coach, but you're still in school. Um, and I'm really close with him. And does the student manager travel with, with the team? Yep. So... I didn't travel my freshman year, but my sophomore year and on, I traveled. um, You, that role is, it's a little bigger, so we will pack the day before, we'll bring all the equipment we need, and um, then on, for the games, we usually, I want to say we usually bring three managers, so for the games, we do everything that we do at home games, but we have a little bigger responsibility because there's only three of us. Um, No, but this year I went to Kentucky, Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, and then Toledo. I got to go to the MAC tournament, and then I got to go to Daytona, Florida for the CBI tournament. Okay. MAC tournament's always in Cleveland, I believe? Same facility, same arena as the Cavs? Yep. Okay, I'm going to ask you some superlatives on your career. Favorite memory or memory, maybe a couple, three memories. And it, it could be a game. It could be a, something off the court with one of your friends or another manager. Favorite memories? Um, favorite memories. So I would say my favorite memory of a game um, down at the 
in Daytona at the CBI tournament. Um, crazy game. Mark Sears, um, point guard, he is unbelievable. Uh, just, I don't know. I haven't seen a point guard other, other than Jason Preston, who's much like him, that his game is just unbelievable. He hit a buzzer beater to beat. Um, can't remember the team, but he hit a buzzer beater uh, to send us into the second round, and I would say that was my favorite experience of a game. Um, but just being on the road with the team, um, there some of them are just hilarious. Uh, it's it's almost like high school basketball, just being with your teammates, going out to eat with them. It's, it's a so lot the life experiences, yeah, the camaraderie, yeah. the memories, the stories. Uh-huh. Uh, favorite arena. It might be your home arena, but... Other than the Convocation Center, probably Rupp Arena, Kentucky. That It was a different atmosphere. I've never seen anything like that. Um, we hung with them close in the first half, down two, and about 10 minutes left in the second half, Kentucky kind of made a run, and it kind of changed the game. And I want to say the first 30 minutes we were winning, the crowd was not into it. Then that last 10, it I've never heard an arena that loud before it was it was something else is that the toughest arena you've seen to, to play in if you were if you were a player um yes okay yes. big arena it's like 23 it's or twenty four thousand. it's big mm-hmm. um favorite place you've been to you know, i don't know it might be a restaurant it might be a city maybe you like cleveland or daytona mm-hmm. favorite favorite trip favorite trip i mean can't beat the Daytona trip going down to Florida um, during school. I know we still had classes, but warm weather in March, it was really nice. Um, hmm. I would say when we went to the MAC tournament, just food-based, we had some subs, and they these subs were amazing. I've never had a, like a – I had a buffalo chicken sub, and it was so good. So I would say Cleveland – was a good place. Um, seeing the Cavs arena, like being kind of backstage, seeing their locker room, um, that was really cool. Okay. And, you know, what I think this is the big big picture. This is what your mom or dad would want to ask if they were on our show. What do you get out of it? You know, career-wise, how does it shape you as a, as a, a worker or a manager, I guess? And just how does it – uh, just help you as a person when you're 30, 40, 50 yeah. years old. So what do you think you got out of it? I know this was just a few months ago, but what, what did you get out of being the student manager at Ohio University men's basketball? Um, I would say dedication. Uh, to be a manager, it's you got to put in a lot of work, a lot of time. Um, you're almost there more than the basketball players. Um, so usually the managers will get there about an hour, hour 15 earlier before practice, set up practice, um, get the pads out, waters, pass out their laundry, practice jerseys, and then you're there the whole practice doing drills with them, like being uh, practice dummies, scout team, stuff like that. And then after practice, a lot of the players will shoot. So then you're rebounding for them um, for a good 35, 40 minutes. And then after that, Players will go shower, and then you're cleaning up. And then usually after that, the managers will start playing. We'll play some pickup. Um, so, yeah, it's a 
it's usually a five or I would say five hour day, um, about every day. Uh, well, you know, this is one thing I always always was kind of uh, intrigued by with college athletics, is that uh, you know they are students as well, mm-hmm. and just the time. Oh, now, some yeah. one of the perceptions with colleges you have to be super smart, and that doesn't hurt anything. Mm-hmm. But I would say even more importantly, and you, you, this applies more to you than me. You have to know how to just balance things. When do I yeah. work, do this? Prioritize things. I got to think that really would impact you, Drew, with your daily schedule. And then when you're on the road, because when the team's on the road, obviously you're missing classes. So how do you how do you make it all work? Um, you gotta you gotta really have a schedule. Um, you gotta stick to it. I would schedule my classes in the morning and then we'd have practice usually from noon to three and then when you come home you get a bite to eat a shower and then you got to hit the books um i know school's most important thing that's what we're there for so if it's you getting up a little earlier you staying up a little late to get stuff done you got to do it um but you really got to stick to a schedule you got to get on one and stick to it have you always loved the game of basket, basketball? And do you have to love the game of basketball to do that kind of a job? Yeah, I believe so. I love the game. And to put in that much time, uh, you got to love it. I, but you can – a lot of play, or a lot of managers do it for coaching experience. They want to – that's a great way to get your foot in the door. Um, others do it just because they love the game and they want to be around it. Um, not everybody can be a Division One basketball player, but there's other opportunities for you to still be a part of the team. Do you ever do you ever want to get into coaching? I would love to. Yes. Really? Yep. What would be the the ideal goal for ten years from now? What kind of uh, would would it be? High school basketball? That's what I would like to do. Um, I would like to just maybe coach Bell Fountain basketball. Um, I helped out two years ago. During COVID, I wasn't able to be a manager, so my next option was Bell Fountain. Um, we were, I was home, uh, school was online, so I just thought, might as well text Coach Henry see, or Coach Stolly, see if he needs any help. Um, and he was like, "Yeah, sure." So I helped out uh, Russ Hogue um, with the freshman team. Okay. Favorite college team. I'm- the OU Bobcats? Um, basketball, yes. Uh, my second would be Ohio State. Um, I've been an Ohio State fan my whole life, but after these four years, I don't think I could root against them. I could, I, like, it's got to be OU, yeah. Okay. And last thing about your experience as a basketball manager, uh, what do the um, – good teams or good programs do. You know, if you're going to be a coach someday, the coaches are mm-hmm. famous to me for stealing. So if they see yeah. some other team do it well, yeah. they just say, well, we'll, we'll pick up on that. We'll try that. What are the good teams, whether it was OU or other schools, what, what did they do well that, that uh, you know, you still remember um, that, le- that led to their success? Well, I'll just say Jeff Bulls coming in my sophomore year, uh, just the atmosphere of practice completely changed. Um, he came in with a lot of energy. Um, the culture was different. He brought in some guys that were really good at basketball, but just great guys in general. Um, so I believe you got to have a good core of young men that are able to set their mind to something and be able to do it. Um, and you're not going to do that in one day. Um, it's 
the whole season. So I would say just the being able to create a culture that is positive for these kids is key. Okay. Thanks for coming on. If somebody would like to learn more about what you do at the Y, do they just stop out? Do they call you? How do they learn more about getting into programs? Programs are only as successful as how many people are involved. So how, how do we make it happen? Um, stop out at the Y. We have a lot of uh, flyers for different programs. And uh, Jeff or I will be able to talk you through them. The Hilliker Y is on the east side of town on Sloan Boulevard, just off of State Route 540, pretty close to the Ohio High Point Career Center. Drew, thanks for coming on our podcast. Drew Jackson, Belfont High School grad from the class of 2018, just graduated from Ohio University. He works at the Hilliker Y. He just started a couple of weeks ago. Again, Drew, your title at the Y is? Uh, Youth Experience Director. Youth Experience Director. I've never talked to somebody that has that exact title. Thanks to other folks on Chieftain Roll Call, our final show of the school year. Rick Reed, longtime teacher coach, and Jack Farner, who's a Belfont High School key club member and a student athlete as well. And a big thank you to Easton Water Solutions for sponsoring our show throughout the first uh, few months. We started in January. We'll be back after a summer break. We'll be back in August. Thanks to those with the WBCS studio as well. That's where we record Chieftain Roll Call every late Wednesday afternoon on the Belfound High School campus. For the whole crew, I'm Bill Tipple saying have a good summer. Take care. (laughs)